This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CVV Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Welcome back, guys. It's episode 133 of Top Rope Nation. Ryan, Justin, and Kyle here. We're all quarantined in our houses still, but we're ready to talk some pro wrestling. Hopefully entertain all of you, as I'm sure you're all stranded at your homes, too, getting bored. Uh, Not much to do. No sports on TV. We do have new wrestling on TV, though, which we can talk about tonight. But uh, it's been quite a week here for me in Iowa. Kyle, how's it going out in Ohio? Not to make light of a global pandemic, but as I see this collective boredom sort of taking shape on social media, like a lot of people, uh, friends of mine just kind of said, oh, God, what, am, what is there to do? I've kind of noticed that there's just two kinds of people in this world, people that have the award winning WWE network and people that don't because I, I don't want to I don't want to speak for you guys. I haven't been bored one minute. <laughs> I mean, there's always that. You can always go to the WWE Network and have something to watch. Actually, one of my uh, good friends, I don't know if he even listens to the podcast or not. I think he he checks it out once in a while. But my friend Jeremy, he texted me the other day. He's never subscribed to the WWE Network. But he was like, you know, no basketball on, no baseball on. I think it's time I take out the credit card and join the award-winning WWE Network. So he subscribed for the very first time just because of the pandemic going on. Yeah, a lot of stuff on YouTube too. Even you know, you can go there too. I just man, is there a, is there of any form of entertainment just with it just goes any deeper than the sport of pro wrestling? I don't think there is. And that's why you do the deep dive at the end of every broadcast. Yeah, and, and we're going real deep. I mean, we're going all and all over the place too. We're just going to start throwing out lots of matches for you at, at, during this trying time. And I hope everyone's doing well. By the way, yeah, stay tuned. Because uh, we got, how many matches? We got four in the deep dive segment, which will close the show this week. Give you something to watch. Uh, Justin, you're just across town from me, but I haven't seen you in quite some time. And it's looking like it's going to be even longer until I see you in person. But good to talk as always. How's things going for you across town? I hear hear the beer opening. They're getting better every day. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'm drinking a uh, uh, local uh, single-speed beer uh, by the name of Victory Dance, which actually happens to be the name of a, a very fine My Morning Jacket song. I recommend uh, uh, everyone checking that out. <laughs> I didn't know you were a My Morning Jacket guy. I've seen him twice in concert. 
Oh, I wait, maybe have, three times. I, you know, what's funny? I could definitely say twice, and I can't remember if it's three or not. Got <laughs> yeah. absolutely bombed in Detroit and saw one time. <laughs> I, I knew mean, that's where this bombed. I mean, this was like right after Z would have been released, and I remember taking this cab ride home, and the cabbie got like lost, and I was like. <laughs> ass over tea kettle in the back seat with my feet pointing up at the roof roof just screaming bad move every time the guy went the wrong way <laughs> what a beauty i am huh well my buddy's like shut up dude shut up and i'm just like bad move yeah this is awesome yeah. love my morning jacket though victory dance was my uh the alarm on my phone for a long time until i had to uh change it because i started hating that song <laughs> oh, oh. hopefully this is something you guys can look forward to like i said at the top of the broadcast we're trying to bring you content uh during a very bad time in the world with not a lot going on and uh i think we're going to be bringing you a lot more classic content as well our main topic of the week this week is kind of a classic mount rushmore style question just like we did last week with the wrestlemania uh, ic title matches so we got that on deck for you here following our in the news segment a ton to get to in the news, by the way. But before we get to that, let's get some of the housekeeping items out of the way. Of course, we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Uh, if you like podcasts, entertainment, and sports, Blue Wire has the podcast for you. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out the whole lineup of all of Blue Wire's shows over at BlueWirePods.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which, as I look at their statistics, is approximately 70% of you, please hit subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a written review. It goes a long way towards helping others find the show. Uh, in fact, we had two new reviews come in this week. I'll re- so uh, I usually read them on the air, whether they're long and in-depth or very short. These ones are kind of short, but I want to give you a shout-out for leaving us a review. So the first one comes in from Matt. He says, subscribe, exclamation point. Best wrestling pod out there. Thank you, Matt, for the shout out. Oh, there. yes. Thank you, Matt. I can agree more. And uh, the other one, I don't know how to say this, comes from Rahiblius. <laughs> it says, check out Top Rope Nation. Uh, check out Ryan and the fellas. If you're into current pro wrestling, they cover them all. Five stars. So, yes, leave us a five star on Apple Podcasts. We will read it on the air. Greatly appreciate that. And, uh, also, we're available on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google, wherever podcasts are found. Check out the revamped TopRopeNation.com as well for the whole back catalog. You can find links at the top right of the webpage to our merch. We have a Pro Wrestling Tees merchandise store as well as a Spreadshirt store as well. So you can check all that out there. And one last way you can go about helping out the show is on our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash top rope nation. Get exclusive content. You get a free gift in the mail when you subscribe. And uh, this week we actually debuted some new content. So sometimes Kyle, Justin, and myself, we talk about what we were saying off air just before we hit record. So I started hitting record a little bit earlier this week, and I threw up the audio on Patreon as our pre-show. So we're going to do that every week. So if you want to hear what we are jabbering about every week before we go on the air, sometimes it's a little inappropriate, always funny, always entertaining, just a few minutes, but it's the Top Rope Nation pre-show each and every week. That will now be going up on Patreon as well. 
And in the next one week, I got to talk to you guys about maybe recording this over the weekend. Uh, the newest edition of Top Rope Nation Classics will come out. I'd like to put it out All on right. Monday. I'd like to put this out on Monday. So if we can get this recorded in the next couple of days, we are going to be doing a watch along with some classic Memphis wrestling. Uh, that is at the suggestion of our good friend Derek Chappell, who's having a ball of a week down in Memphis, Tennessee, because his Tampa Bay Buccaneers have Tom Brady coming to town. So Derek's actually going to be jumping on the podcast with us to do that watch-along. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Derek's been on the show several times in the past. So I think that's all the housekeeping items. we got a packed agenda here for In the News, so let's get right to it. All the latest wrestling news. Get behind-the-scenes insider info. So our first in the news item is going to be centered around WrestleMania 36, just like it was earlier this week when we put out the bonus podcast. And guys, so much has changed just in, what, three days since we recorded the last podcast? It was Monday night we got word that the event in Tampa was canceled, that they were moving it to the Performance Center, and uh, a lot more has changed now. We've got uh, a multiple-day WrestleMania coming at us. we got a WrestleMania potentially taped in multiple locations. we got a WrestleMania that uh, could maybe even be taped in advance in the next one week from what the new reports are out. Uh, just hot off the press tonight, Thursday night. So a lot to get to, obviously, um, on any of those topics. Pretty much fair game. Your thoughts, Justin Joint, since since we recorded on Monday night. What are you thinking about WrestleMania coming up here in a couple of weeks? Um, you know, it for me, it just all depends on uh, on what they do with the performance center. Um, and you know, frankly, I'm still not sold. It's going to happen. I mean. Every day we're seeing uh, athletes and celebrities pop up with uh, COVID-19. And, you know, it's how many wrestlers is it going to take for them just to cancel the show? Um, and frankly, one. I think that's one of the, Yeah. And I frankly, that's why I think they did uh, two nights is so that uh, they can limit the personnel. Um, I don't think that if they add any matches, I think it's going to be like one. Um I think they just want to limit the amount of people that need to be there. Um, but yeah, for excitement level, boy, I hope they take a page out of AW this week and really, you know, at least get a handful of people out there in the crowd that can holler at the performers and um, change the camera angle, give us something to look at rather than empty seats. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe darken everything up besides from the ring. I, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. It's kind of embarrassing that WWE didn't do this before AEW since they had such a huge head start. And if they do it now, because frankly, I th what AEW did was, I think, as good as you can do in considering the circumstances. Um, and frankly, it, WWE needs to follow suit, but they, uh, they will come off as just giant copycats. Yeah, I, I definitely want to hit on that because Dynamite, I thought, was incredible this week. To be honest, it might have been their best. TV show 2020 with no audience. So I thought they did a great job. Um, Kyle, on WrestleMania, I also forgot to mention Rob Gronkowski, now the host of WrestleMania. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. So 
So much to get to. Um, again, what are your thoughts? Okay, uh, sorry, I kind of buzzed out there, so I didn't hear what you asked Justin. I got most of his answer. But um, I agree with what Justin said, that there should not be more matches, many more matches added to this card. We currently have eight. I know Edge and Orton isn't official, but come on, they're doing it, folks. Stop it. Uh, and not just from like a safety perspective, but also just, I just don't think there should be that many more matches added. To me, believe it or not, I did not realize until reading some reports today, or I'd just forgotten, it hadn't dawned on me, there's only two weeks left till Mania. Yeah. Or two, four weeks of TV. They've got to get these eight matches over more, rather than just, you know, start just bringing more people on the card. Now, I know they will. They talked about the Battle Royals aren't going to happen. That's smart. Um, Because I was thinking, well, what are they going to add? Well, you got the two secondary titles, the two tag team titles. Um, SmackDown women, the women's tag team, and two battle royals. We've cut the two battle royals out. That's still six mid-card titles matches we could add. Um, I just think it's unnecessary. Yeah. And and to to be honest with you, I would argue that even if the situation was normal. You know, we see the problem. We bitch about the WWE title structure all the time. And here we are. You've got eight the, the eight most important matches on the show, and you know <laughs> you still got the possibility of six title matches to come. That lets you know kind of the importance of titles in this promotion. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason. I I just don't think those matches are going to add much value to this card. I mean, and you know I get that these performers want to be on WrestleMania biggest weekend of the year. Eh, it's a little different this year, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, we talked um, about this on uh, the Monday show that we did this week, uh, episode 132, mm-hmm. that uh, it would be better probably given the circumstances to have a tighter show with just maybe the seven matches we were talking about at the time. Now we know probably eight. Uh, well, now it's yeah. Split, I mean, now it's, it's split across two nights. So we didn't know any of that on our last show. But uh, splitting it makes me think it is going to be lengthy from a card standpoint. But maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, two nights. I mean, I, I you figure they'll do at least six matches per night, I bet. Yeah, if I was a betting man, which I actually kind of am, and to be fair, we should have known the eight. I mean, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins was always something they were building to, so obviously they were going to do that. Um, did you guys see the reports of how the matches might be broken up? I don't know if these are accurate, but there has been some reporting as to how the matches may be broken up per night. I saw the main events with uh, Brock and McIntyre going on on Saturday and Goldberg and Reigns on Sunday. Yes, and I believe it was uh, the uh, Becky and Shayna was on the Roman night as well as KO and Seth. No, it wasn't KO and Seth. Because I I remember remember remarking that Seth and Becky were on different days. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me look that up here. Yeah, I think... We talk about this on the show a lot over the years, you know, going back to 2016 when we started this podcast, and there is just this problem that WrestleMania's got so long. I went back and researched it and wrote down the numbers. Like, last year we had 16 matches. 34, we had 14 matches. WrestleMania 33, 13. Uh, 32, we had 12 matches. You have to go back to 31 and 30 for the last time it was a sub-10 match show. And you go back to 31, a nine-match show, I remember at the time, 31, people were talking, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And look, you had a a tighter show, nine matches. So, 
it, it's like you said, Kyle, it's a different animal this year being at the performance center or whatever soundstage you're going to tape some of these matches at. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it still seems like we are going to have, have the longer altogether when you put the two nights together, it's still a pretty long, long show. So, uh, did you I find can't, that? No, I can't actually, which, Oh, you know why? Because I checked the wrong source. I apologize. But you know what's funny? I will say this. Okay, uh, I got Monday. it. I, ju- I just pulled it up. I got okay. it. Okay. So the April 4th, so Saturday, Lesnar McIntyre, Ripley Flair, Taker Styles, Rollins Owens. And then on the 5th, you would have Goldberg, Reigns, Becky, uh, Shayna, Cena, Wyatt. Of the matches announced okay. so far. Yeah. Yeah, and then... That kind of makes a little sense because then you would presume to balance it out, Edge and Orton would be placed on night two. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but Edge and Roman were having a little uh, tit for tat on who should be going on last yes, uh, on that. one of the nights. So maybe maybe they know that. Maybe this is pretty accurate. Um, it it kind of makes sense because you obviously want to split the Universal and the WWE Championship matches up. You obviously want to split the two women's titles matches up. So it does kind of, I guess, make sense in, in that regard. Yeah. And so we mentioned the taping schedule. So Post Wrestling had the report out tonight. I mean, this was just right before we went on the air. That, uh, of course, they're, they're having SmackDown live tomorrow night as we record this. There's three SmackDowns left before Mania and two Raws. And uh, with the whole crew heading down for SmackDown and then Raw on Monday... It looks like they're going to be trying to tape every edition of SmackDown and Raw over the next few days through WrestleMania so that they will have all that in the can so that in case there's any issues with getting the talent together again, whether there's a outbreak within the WWE staff or maybe WWE is even you know banned from bringing the performers down there and having that many people in the same place at the same time, that could happen too. Uh, then they would be covered with all their TV taken care of before WrestleMania and then there's been rumblings, too, that WrestleMania could possibly be taped within the next week to get that out of the way. So such an uncertain time in wrestling. We have never experienced anything like this, not just in wrestling, but in the world in general, in our lifetimes, and really anyone's lifetime that's living and breathing right now in 2020. Yeah, so the the only pay-per-view like of the like major pay-per-view that did not air live in the United States is SummerSlam 92, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. yeah. And they had the one and where the power went out in 96. <laughs> was that the Bulldog Michaels match or something? Uh, in, in Your house, house, Beware of Dog. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, that didn't. But then they, they just aired a... There was an In Your House, Beware of Dog 2. I mean, that's still... I mean, it still aired live. It just was like, you know, you kind of got hosed if you ordered that that first one. Yeah. Um, if Mania is taped... I, I can you imagine being a production guy getting talked to about spoilers? Yeah, I mean, with how's no, that conversation going to go? With no audience whatsoever, the idea is that they can definitely keep it under wraps. But we know the staff yeah. talks, so yes, yeah. But I, who is that going to be? That's going to be a real stern talking to about that. And as far as Raw and SmackDown being put again, I think that's a smart idea because if you look at how these shows are being produced heavy on promos, heavy on video packages. You can do that. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's contrast those Raw and SmackDowns with what we saw from AEW. Uh, I do want to say one thing. On just, one, yeah, just one quick thing. You 
said uh, on Monday that no longer will you be able to claim that you are at the last non-stadium mania. You were at WrestleMania 22 live in Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon. Well, who would have ever thought this? WrestleMania 2 will now no longer be able to claim it was the only multi-location <laughs> WrestleMania. Oh, how this show has changed in the last seven days. Pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. Yes. Wow. So we talked about this uh, on Monday, but Raw and SmackDown, I just have not been able to get into these shows. So going into AEW, I didn't know what to expect. Raw and SmackDown have just been super lame. NXT this week, they didn't even have anything. It was just a highlight show. Although I'll say this, we are all going to laud AEW and rightfully so. I actually thought NXT was okay, even though I'm still not really psyched for Gargano Ciampa whenever that happens. Yeah, I mean, they're so good at putting those packages together that, Mm -hmm. you know, it did what they wanted. We didn't get any live wrestling. I imagine that Raw and SmackDown, we talked about this Monday, too, is going to turn more that style with them having such a, you know, such a great production team that they'll keep putting stuff like this together, I think, for Monday and Friday. Let's not toot our own horn, but, you know, as Arn Anderson, like, said, toot, toot. What did we say in this program last week? I love being right on this show. <laughs> we said, let, why don't you turn to this great, uh, one of your great um, strong arm, one of the great, uh, one of the great strengths you have in your company, the production. Yeah. We talked about this last 20 years this company has excelled in production. And, you know, I think you saw NXT kind of go in that direction, what they can do, get over these matches. And that's what I think they need to do with these seven or eight matches they got planned. Yeah. Eight matches. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I watched uh, AEW last night and then uh, I had to get on the computer. I don't remember what I was doing, but it's like, well, I'm just going to throw NXT on in the background. Uh, and I, I was sucked in almost immediately. I mean, that's kind of like what I've said before about all, you know, all their 24 shows and whatnot on the network is, uh, you know, that's kind of my catnip and, um, all praise to the, the people who put together those video packages, mm-hmm. you know, even though some of it was, uh, rewritten history, but it was, yes, so yes. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Always hey, a theme you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to worry about the live audience, you know, get out of your comfort zone production people in WWE and, and, you know, Get stuff over. You know, it, you don't have to do the shows the same way that they've been done every week for the last 20 years. Actually, it, you having said that, I just want to make one more thing on WrestleMania. And especially if they pre-tape it, now might be the time for them to experiment with some of their production values and maybe try some different stuff with the camera. And I don't, you know, obviously they're, they're really stuck in their ways. Um, and they haven't really shown us that they can get really creative out of the box, but there's no now desire. Would be the time. Yeah. Now, now would be the time to try something. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you look at AW, and I want to talk about the WrestleMania setup too, kind of within this conversation, but AW just did a few things a little bit different and made a world of difference. Like I almost didn't even notice there was no crowd <laughs> throughout <laughs> the show, which is saying something because AW has the best crowd response of the two companies, right? Like if you look at WWE and you look at AEW, the AEW crowds are more engaged. They're louder. I think they, we can all agree. They're not as big as the WWE crowds. A lot of times, sometimes they are, 
but they have, I think, the more genuine reactions. So you would think that that is a big hurdle to overcome. But they did a couple things different. The first one, the biggest difference that I liked was pointing the hard cam at the stage so that we weren't, like Justin said, staring at a bunch of empty chairs. We talked about this on the last show. I don't understand why WWE thinks having hundreds of empty chairs surrounding the ring is a yeah. good visual. It just It's distracting. It looks terrible. There's no reason to do it. Get them out of there. I think for Mania, use some LED boards, uh, dress the arena up, do whatever you have to do to make it look special. But with AEW, they had the stage straight on from the ring. Uh, it was lit a little bit differently so that the the area surrounding the ring wasn't so bright. Like in the Performance Center, it's pretty bright. You can see everything around there. Uh, and AEW, it was like the ring was under a spotlight, and then it was pretty darkened um, throughout the rest of the theater they were in. And then I also noticed that the sound was different. So like on WWE, when they've had the matches in the Performance Center, it sound kind of echoey, like you can almost hear the performers in the ring. It's very quiet and dull sounding. <laughs> AW, like I don't know how they did it. If they, you know, lowered the levels on the mic under the ring or whatever, and they had their announcers mic'd up a little higher in the mix, but it seemed like the announcers just kind of covered most of the sound coming from the ring, and that made a huge difference too. So I don't know what you guys noticed and what you liked about the production. Uh, Justin, you already kind of mentioned your thoughts on that. Kyle, did you notice the same things? Uh, what do you think worked about Dynamite? It's funny. I actually didn't notice what you were saying about maybe the the two promotions having the ring mic differently or, or whatever, the, just the show mic differently. It made me think, who oh boy, for mania, <laughs> those boys and girls better be careful about calling out spots. That was my <laughs> first match. Uh, the first match, that women's tag on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oof, man, that could be a, a real doozy. If we're just hearing people yawn out spots. Um, so you kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit, Ryan, believe <laughs> it or not, uh, a few moments ago. Uh, actually, it was before we got into this section even. Uh, I kind of have a, just a bit of a broad declarative statement to make about the Dynamite show last Wednesday. This just wasn't just a good show considering the circumstances. This was just a tremendous wrestling show, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, considering what they were up against, I mean, I was just kind of in awe of what they were able to pull off. It was just so superior to what we had seen from Raw and SmackDown over the previous seven days. And, you know, okay, I guess maybe some of that credit can go to, well, AEW's got one show. But still, like you pointed to, they tried some things outside the box. You know, Justin mentioned with, you know, having – some of the guys out ringside, you know, MJF, Chuck betting on the matches. I thought Sammy Guevara, you know, singing Judas may have been the highlight of professional <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was just, again, think outside the box. Um, you know, even Cody's Triple H-esque promo that he gave to start the show, at least he kind of like tied it into what was going on with the world. Yeah. And, you know, with the lights being all the way down and then lighting up with the Rusty Lee coming out, I thought that was well done. You had two big debuts. I will say, man, I would have loved to see that Matt Hardy debut in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. You know, that that would have been enhanced by You talk about the AEW live crowds, Matt Hardy debut, that would have been enhanced by a live crowd uh, for sure. 
And the other interesting thing was they kept saying our next show, not necessarily next week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something else um, to keep aware. Maybe they're um, obviously they don't have their biggest show of the year coming up uh, in th- a little over two weeks or whatever. So, you know, they don't necessarily feel the pressure to forge ahead, but I think they're kind of, you know, I think they're being a little bit more practical, perhaps using that terminology. Yeah. So, yeah, it's true that they had a little bit of heads up to look at WWE and see what works, what didn't work when they went into how they were going to film this and do the sound and everything. But at the same time, WWE, I could give them a pass on SmackDown, but going into Raw, like they had a heads up too. They produced a show a couple yeah. of days earlier and they didn't change anything. So, what, I, and nor did be... they even try. It, it, it just seemed like, you know, you mentioned with <laughs> how could they think all those empty chairs is a good look? I don't get and, that and with as good as their production team is. <laughs> you know, like how does yeah, someone not step up way. and say, this is a bad visual? It seemed that they just were hell-bent on doing their same TV show in front of a bunch of empty chairs in a smaller building. Yeah. You know, like, we talked about this on Monday when, like, Edge came out for his promo, which was a good promo. He still started it by you know, doing the big dramatic point at the Titan Tron as if he was <laughs> commanding the audience that wasn't there to look at the Titan Tron. And that's like kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're very set in their ways. You know, everyone's trained very well with where the cameras are at and what to do. And it's, it's hard for him to change, I think, but they got to change something. I We'll see if they do anything different on SmackDown. If they don't, I think that's a huge mistake. Cause these, these TVs they've presented so far have been very subpar and Several weeks, maybe even months of that is going to get pretty bad. So Again, I, I think, you know, I said Edge's promo was good. I thought Kevin Owens cut a good promo, too. Yeah. Especially, and, and he was a guy who used the situation and weaved it into the storytelling. Hey, you know, the performance centers where I first made my mark in WWE. Mm. And, and, we've, and we're coming full circle, Seth. I thought that was a really good bit of storytelling. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there was definitely positives on the shows, but overall, mm-hmm. I've just I've no. had a hard time getting into them personally. It was okay, and, and we should talk about the ratings. Oh, and, yeah, uh, AEW. I mean, NXT, AEW just destroyed them. Yeah. I mean, drew a bit a pretty good number. I think one of their better numbers. It was what nine twenty five or something like that, and then NXT drew what I believe was its worst number ever. <laughs> yeah, they were just over five hundred thousand. I think like and yeah. AW nearly doubled them up. Yeah, it was 932,000 to 542,000. Yeah. And what's interesting is we had seen SmackDown numbers go up. We had seen the Raw numbers go up. Because there's interest. I mean, they have a little bit of an advantage in that they're one of the only companies producing, you know, there's no sports leagues going on right now. So there's not a lot of new content out there. So I mean, do you, do you think people kind of punted on NXT because there's no takeover? I think, yeah, and when people realized it was just the highlight packages, regardless of how good they they are and, you know, how well it played out, I think a lot of people decided, look what's going on at AEW, they have an actual live show happening and probably flipped over. Yeah, you can just go back and watch that stuff anytime. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, we'll see if anything changes. Of course, like we said, WWE is uh, reportedly filming several episodes of TV in the next few days. So, I don't know if spoilers will leak out or not but we'll have plenty to talk about in the weeks ahead uh last item for in the news before we get to the big oh what, what did we i was, I was gonna what did you guys think of the debuts oh i thought Brody they were, and Matt hardy 
go ahead, Justin. You haven't talked in a while. I'll let you go. Um, I think Brody Lee's new look came from Wisconsin because holy shit, does that look cheesy? <laughs> he looked like the uh, white Power Ranger. Yeah, it was just it was not good. And then he took off that white robe and I don't know, boy, that that's a huge downgrade from everything he's had at WWE. Um, but other than that, I think they were both really well done. And kind of going back to what Kyle said, I, I, as awesome as that show was, I really do wish I could have seen that in front of a live crowd because I think they would have gone pretty wild. Can you imagine when the live crowd noticed the drone? Yeah. Oh, that would have been insane. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yeah, I thought – so Brody Lee, the, the big thing that I took note of is – how amazing is it that this guy was never allowed to talk at WWE? Like he rarely spoke, and I thought he did. A, he had a great promo. Like his, his show, his talking was good, but this guy was never allowed to speak at WWE. And there's he so can't many, even do a southern accent, pal. <laughs> there's so many instances of that over the years. Like we always talk about Cody and what they had. And they let him go. Oh, man, sometimes these people leave, and you see what they can do. It's mind blowing. The biggest wrestling company in the world would drop the ball on something like that, but. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, a key line and a lot of people have talked about, obviously, was Lee say, saying to Christopher Daniels, you're not the only out of touch old man who doesn't get me. Yeah, that was funny. Um, do you guys think his character here is the exalted one is maybe dabbling a little too close to Bray Wyatt's initial character in WWE, like this cultish leader? A little. I thought that too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I, it just it crossed my mind. So it'll be interesting to see how they juxtapose um, that, or if they even try, or whatever. So cult leaders is it's kind of you know something we've seen a lot before. So and we'll we shall see. I mean, the Dark Order is something that I am not high on still. So we'll see if he can get that over. Mm-hmm. Um, now that he's kind of been unleashed and one other thing quick before i move on what'd you guys think of that lance archer uh video of him fighting the guys in the in the ring in the yard or whatever god you, you just keep reminding me of all the cool shit that happened <laughs> I mean, on that show they apparently week. just filmed that like a few hours before the show too <laughs> from what i was reading i oh, thought god, that was no, freaking thought, awesome yeah yeah i agree 100 percent. you know imagine getting characters over with cool promos <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. again Different. Yep. You know, that that it just felt different the way it was filmed, the way it was shot. It, it, it was great, I thought. Yeah. So lastly in the news, the uh, Broken Skull Sessions, we kind of talked about what our expectations were for it going into it on our last podcast. And then I watched it that night on Monday night. I don't know when you guys watched it. I know we've all seen it yep. by now. Uh, and this is one of those shows, too, that I look forward to so much on the network. Austin is great in this role. They put it together well with the highlight packages when, you know, like when they were talking through the Survivor Series match and Mania 13, of course, and everything. I love that kind of thing to see these guys reflecting on the little moments in the match. Um, like the part where Austin pointed out right after he, be- he began bleeding on the outside in the Mania match, how when he like swung his body back, the blood splattered on Jerry Lawler's hand. I'd never, I've mm-hmm. seen this match so many times that I've never noticed mm-hmm. that. So the little things like that was really cool. Uh, so Justin, you grew up a huge Bret Hart, Mark, just like I did. <laughs> what were your thoughts watching this program? Oh, I mean, 
I loved it. Those guys, you know, they it's obvious they have a real uh, affection and uh, a lot of respect for each other, and especially that match they had at 13. And I, I mean, I could listen to those two talk about any match, even if they're in it or not. Um, it would be. I would do wish they would do a watch along for their Survivor Series match. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Which, which Brett only called a four star match. I think yeah. he shortchanged it. I love that match quite a bit. Austin pointed out that he blew Brett up a little bit in the match. He had been off for a long time, and uh, <laughs> that was a hoot. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, funny. that was great. I just think Brett. I said this on Monday. I think Brett is just he's so honest about everything, just across the board, and it's refreshing. I love to hear him talk about wrestling, not just because I'm a a huge fan of his, you know, but just because I think he's just, he's honest. He has a great memory. I don't think that uh, he's ever just making up shit when he talks about these old matches and moments and like everything is right on base, what he's talking about. So I loved it. Um, Those, those are kind of the takeaways I had just the little things from the matches. We talked about how he, he bashed Bill Goldberg a little bit at the end. Um, And you can understand why, why he feels that way. They spent a ton of time on Montreal, which yeah, you know, for guys like us, we we know that whole story. They got to do it though, you know. If he's going to be on a show, like they have to. It, it took up quite a bit of time. I thought it was, that was well done. It's just there wasn't really a lot new for me. But I think there's a lot of people watching it, especially the younger fans. They don't know the story that well, so it at least allowed Brett a chance with a big audience to kind of tell the true story because we know the WWE story of Montreal's usually changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, my thoughts kind of mirror what you guys said. One, as far as Montreal goes, I was a little surprised how long they spent on that. Uh, you know, I wonder if when, when Austin let off for that question, if there was a bit of an eye roll from Brad, I would love to see the camera on him <laughs> when, when he let off with that. But anyway, um, you're probably never going to see Vince McMahon and to a lesser extent, Shawn Michaels ripped like that on WWE production. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, Brett went after him pretty good, and, and you know, deservingly so. I, you know, a lot of the stuff he said has been backed up by others. Um, you know, Austin certainly kind of was seemingly taking his side as well, uh, but it is a little, I don't know, if jarring is the word, but I'll use it anyway to hear Vince McMahon uh, taking a task like that on a WWE production. I, I think that was. One of my takeaways, too, <laughs> even though I've seen it probably just as many as many times as you guys have, they really made me want to watch WrestleMania 13 again. Yeah. Did you? I mean, they they no, I didn't actually. I went to bed after the interview was over. But, um, man, you, you could really tell the affinity they had for that match and, and their work. And, and they should. It's the best WWF match of all time. And then three, Ryan, you were kind of just alluding to this a little bit. They really, relative to Brett's career, which is very long and has a lot of memorable moments, they hardly even scratched the surface. It was basically Montreal and then the Brett-Austin rivalry. And then Brett got a few comments. They talked Owen a little bit. Brett got his shots in at Goldberg. That was basically it. Yeah. And how surprising is it that that aired, that they didn't cut that (laughs) with Goldberg? One of their world champions going into WrestleMania. I thought that that and what you when you talked about Brett taking Sean and Vince to town, I thought it was very surprising what they allowed to air from this interview. Yeah, I mean Brett was like talking about like Sean was all scared, was like crying in the corner <laughs> when Brett knocked Vince out. I was like, "Woof, I'm Sean Michaels. I didn't want that out." Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was a great watch though. I mean, definitely 
worth checking out if you haven't seen it. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have already seen it, but if you haven't, I think it's a must watch though. And it, yeah, it made me want to go back and watch Mania 13. I hadn't watched it in a couple of years, and so I did watch it. And I actually got the wife to watch it, who's usually very resistant to watching pro wrestling, but turned into a pretty fun night. I got her to watch Mania 13. And after that, she she was kind of digging it. And she's like, okay, what are we watching next? So then I put on Brett Owen for Mania 10. And she's like, I'll watch one more. Give me something like similar to that, athletic, not a super long match. So I put on uh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc. And she liked that one too. I think she said Brett Owen was her favorite though. But uh, my wife never watches pro wrestling with me. So that was quite the night. <laughs> and it was Mania 13 was the gateway. Which uh, I know for you, Justin, has been the gateway for your wife in the past to pro wrestling. So, oh yeah, that's the one I should have pulled out in the first the first place. I think the first time I ever showed her wrestling uh, was Macho and Steamboat, and she thought it was okay, but she didn't really get it. I think she got it more from Bret and Austin. So, another thing you guys should check out, by the way, before we transition to our topic of the week, is uh, the two jabronis with the wrestling podcast show. They are on the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. I had a chance to guest on their show. This week, that show just dropped today, actually, on Thursday. Uh, so Ben Cruz, the host of the show, he had me on. Jeremy, their other co-host, he, he couldn't make it this week. So I filled in. I was the co-host the uh, entire broadcast. Thought it was a fun show. I think you guys would like it if you like Top Rope Nation. So give them a subscribe. Leave them a five-star rating. They're part of the same broadcasting network that we are, Blue Wire. So it's the two jabronis with the wrestling podcast show. And uh, we're looking to do a lot more cross-promotion with uh, the fellow wrestling podcasters on Blue Wire. There's only a few of us. Uh, I know Chris Van Vliet's on there, and we've had Chris Van Vliet on our show before, so we're hoping to maybe do some more collaboration with him again in the future. We shall see. So before we get to the topic of the week, guys, a little more housekeeping, and that is to talk about one of the sponsors of Top Rope Nation. That's our good friends over at Bet Online. So with currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Tell me about it. Yeah, Kyle knows. <laughs> but you'd be wrong because Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager from their oh. on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day, all online. And sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your new ticket to online action. All right, guys, topic of the week. We're going Mount Rushmore again. Uh, this is usually the Justin Joint gimmick. So, uh, Justin, do you want to introduce the Mount Rushmore topic we have for the listeners this week? Well, just to give some people a, a little bit of funny background from today. Um, it was, yeah, I think this was brought up maybe a week ago where I threw out a variety of possible topics. And this one was just uh, WrestleMania Mount Rushmore tag matches. And we started texting uh, a couple hours before the show. And some of us had taken that as just tag matches and uh, one of us as championship matches. Um, so I, I think we might try and dabble a little bit on both. But uh, uh, 
I think it's mainly going to be the Mount Rushmore of tag team matches, which can be, uh, you know, triple threats, fatal four ways, eliminations, handicap, basically any version of a tag team match you want. It is not based solely on one thing, uh, as in ring work or story or star power. It's, it's kind of, uh, I think, you want a little bit of everything from this. It's what what made the biggest impact on the wrestling industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah, it was a little bit of a miscommunication. We weren't really sure. Are we doing just title matches for tag team matches or just tag team matches in general? So I made two lists. I made a tag team uh, title matches, Mount Rushmore, and then just a general tag team uh, Mount Rushmore. Did you have any crossover? Uh. I well, I picked out four specifically that are not title matches, and then four that are title matches. How'd oh. you do? It? How'd you do it, Kyle? You just include them all as one. I can do that. I can, I can modify my list. I can, I can do both. Justin Joint, tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this much: my list is incomplete. I, I don't. I mine's unfinished. I don't feel good about a, a fourth and a third and fourth on each list. Which one should we do first? I've. I've I can. I've got a lot dancing in my head right now. Well, I feel I'll, like we should just do tag team. Okay. All right. Without uh, without you titles. Guys think otherwise. Without titles. Yeah, we'll do tag. We'll just... Oh wait. Okay. Well, I was I thought. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> um, We're doing this live, pal. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's. Do I mean, it. like, I would like a version of just like the Mount Rushmore of tag team matches. Period. Whether it involves a championship or not. Okay. Okay. So I can right? do that. Okay. Yep. Right. We, can do, we can do title matches too. I, I like I said, I can. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I see what you're saying. You, you just a Mount Rushmore of tag team matches, title or not. Okay. Yes, from okay. WrestleMania. Okay. I can. Okay. I can do that if we want to do it that way, and then we can. I can mention the other ones I had because, to be honest, when you get into the tag matches that didn't involve a title, you're really kind of scraping. <laughs> it's tough. But... There's, there's two that I think. Well, there's, I have two for sure. Uh, actually, yeah, two or three. And then to pick a fourth, I'm getting down into like the three and a half star range matches. But it's, I think I had a decent list going. But we can just talk just in general. So titles or not, just in general, best tag team matches, Mount Rushmore, WrestleMania history. Let's do it that way so we can throw out from either either category. Okay. So who Who wants to go first? Um, I, I'm just going to say I've got, for me, three definites. Uh, one that would probably be in there, but I disqualify it because of one of the other matches. Um, and then Ooh. after that, it's there's just kind of a handful of, you know, okay to good matches. There's, you know, maybe one or two with, you know, historical significance. There's, you know, one really feel good, but... I don't really know if there's a solid fourth one. So I'm very, very curious to hear your guys' takes on this. Um, I Can I give you my, my first no-brainer? Yeah, sure. WrestleMania 34, Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. That's absolutely on my list. Yeah, I had that in my best tag matches not involving a title. <laughs> so if I, if I look to combine my two lists, it's definitely one to be considered. Uh, star rating perspective, just to give that, all Mania tag matches that have ever happened, 
okay, title or otherwise, uh, it would be number two on my list. Hmm. You know, I'm going through and my four two, and a quarter. I'm going through my two lists, and I'm bolding the ones that just overall when I combine title matches and non-title tag matches, the four that would make it, and. I'm not sure it makes it. I think it's my number five. It absolutely, it absolutely makes my best non-title tag team matches for sure. This is Angle and Ronda versus Triple H and Steph. Yes. Okay. Wait that that wouldn't make your just tag Ooh. team out Rushmore? Yeah. No. That's number Holy five. It, it would be the next one in. For do me. I need to remind you that you were there live? <laughs> you felt it. <laughs> It was the best match on that show, like no doubt about He's it. It's it's putting it's, it by the Crazy Horse Memorial. There's one. There's one on my. <laughs> there's one on my list that is not as good as it in the ring, but I have to put it on the list. Uh, can all right. Well, I'm sure it's the same one that I'm looking at right now on my piece of paper. WrestleMania one. Yes, that has to be on the list. Yeah, that yeah that's on mine too. Uh, not look. Say what you will about it in the ring. There is a very clear argument that is the most important match in the history of the promotion. Yeah, I have that on my list for sure. If WrestleMania had failed, um, who knows what we'd be talking about on this podcast today? Probably maybe the legacy of Bill Watts, but um, (laughs) or how Joel Watts is is booking WrestleMania uh, 36. But yeah, I mean, it, it to me that is a no brainer when you open this up to all tag matches, and I just kind of look totally past the work rate requirement um it's not a bad match but um it's it's importance cannot be overstated yeah so yeah hogan mr t piper and orndorff wrestlemania one is just so significant i gotta have that on my list um and then yeah angle rousey triple h stuff there's there's one other match it could definitely take out this other one kind of has some historical significance too you want me to just throw it out there right now? The the one that it would maybe displace, and I, I probably waffle on this a little bit. Like maybe I would put WrestleMania 34 in as the fourth spot. Uh, it's the Evolution versus Rock and Sock match from WrestleMania 20, just because you know Rock was on his way out. Um, Evolution was just such a cool group. You had um, Batista and Orton, you know, coming up. This is when they kind of were transforming into main eventers. I just feel like there's a lot of historical significance in that match. It's a three-on-two match. It's not as good in the ring as the WrestleMania 34 match. And maybe some of this is just because I just watched <laughs> the episode where this was featured about uh, Evolution on the, the recent uh, Ruthless Aggression documentary series. But I, I think that's the one that I would take out and put Mania 34 in if it does make my top four. It's Those two are pretty close for me. Did you that guys consider def- that match at all? Yeah, that is actually possibly my strongest candidate for my fourth spot. Um, I, I guess part of me just wants to get another championship match in there because mm-hmm. it's a you know it's a freaking tag team. But I agree with you, man. Like you know, part of that was you know the Attitude Era versus you know the uh, Ruthless Aggression Era. You know, in one match. Um, um, so yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think I'd be okay with putting that in my fourth spot at least, or having it be part of it. Yeah, everyone in that match played their role to perfection. Mm-hmm. Every I mean, Flair is the legend. 
Uh, Batista's the ass kicker. Orton is your ascendant star. Foley's the guy going for revenge. And Rock is, you know, the Alzheimer that he is. So Kyle, I just want to catch up real quick. Ryan said that that is in his four, but that would also be the one that he would contemplate uh, getting replaced with the oh. WrestleMania 34 match. Yeah. I thank you for that catch up. Um, if I was doing a Kyle was disconnected, by the way, or, that's why we're catching. Him. Yes. <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, it's be, it's becoming that kind of week, folks. But if I was doing um, tag team matches that were, didn't involve title matches, uh, that would be on the list. I actually, I did consider that. I, I'm surprised no one's mentioned this yet. That this would be on um, title matches, all matches, everything. This is probably one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. It has an argument top ten is TLC. Yeah, number I have two that. at WrestleMania 17. I have that on yep. mine. I, there's two. I think that one and WrestleMania 2000 to me are the are the no brainers. Like those two are for sure on the list when you just consider tag matches in general. That's what I was referring to at the beginning when I said one is in, but it also disqualifies the other one. I just don't feel right about putting both of those on the Mount Rushmore because, you know, they're both great matches and arguably, you know, the greatest tag team matches in WWE WrestleMania history. But I think Mount Rushmore needs a little a little diversity. Yeah, that makes I sense. I completely agree with what Justin said. And because I think the TLC match at 17 is actually demonstrably better than the tables and ladders match at 16. That's, that's why I put it on my list. I didn't really think of it that way, to be honest, but that makes sense. So if, if, yeah, if I'm thinking that way, yeah, my four just all together would then be TLC two, Hogan and Mr. T against Piper and Orndorff evolution versus rock and sock. And then angle and Rousey versus Hunter and stuff. That would be my four. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Okay, um, I have a fourth left to give. Okay, uh, it oh. is also a tag team title match, so this will be again in addition to Ho- so I've got the same three as Ryan just mentioned, but not the Rock and Sock versus Evolution. This is what I would put in its place. Uh, again, let's go way back in time. Dream Team versus British Bulldogs WrestleMania two. I have that Ooh. on my title matches, Mount Rushmore. That's on my four for best tag title matches. Yeah, that is a that is a really good match. I it's not uh, not obviously it's not like a high flying match. It's a great technical match. It's really good. If you haven't seen that in a long time, it's it's a it's a it's a four plus star match. It, through modern eyes, again, will a younger fan not be wowed? Yeah, probably that's gonna be the case. But mm-hmm. it is widely regarded as the first classic WrestleMania match. Yes, you know. The Bulldogs had chased the Dream Team for so long. And, um, you know, cool finish. Uh, I like that match quite a bit. Yeah. So when I thought we were doing two lists, just best tag matches not involving a title, and then best tag title matches, like I said, that was in my best tag title matches. To me, the What was Justin's fourth? Uh, That was one I didn't feel good about, but my kind of the leader was the WrestleMania 20, Rock and Sock versus Evolution. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. So um, if, if you want to send me a $20 bill, I'll be convinced of WrestleMania 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I felt pretty good about my, my best four tag title matches. Um, that one I was set on. I was a little less confident in my non-title tag match four. But yeah, my four for best tag title matches Mount Rushmore were Bulldogs against the Dream Team, WrestleMania 2. 
Uh, WrestleMania 2000, the triangle ladder match. Uh, TLC 2 from X7. And Heart Foundation Nasty Boys, WrestleMania 7. Those four. Mm. That's that's the oh. four best involving a tag title to me. Thoughts before I, I give you the others? Um, I'm okay with your first three. I would probably replace the Heart Foundation and Nasty Boys with actually probably the tag team match from WrestleMania 35, the four-way. Yeah, I thought about that one too. Like, it's a pretty good match, but uh, I don't know. What I match just, was that? I, th- I just... Sorry, go ahead, Justin. Uh, that was the Usos versus Aleister Black and Ricochet versus Rusev and Shinsuke versus The Bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good match. It's, it's a, it just doesn't have yeah, like the historical that. significance. It's a really good I, match. I, I will say, like, I think its historical historical significance will be is just those uh, performers are all just, I mean, kind of cogs of the last, you know, six, seven years. And, uh, you know, for one, you have the Usos who have been a staple of tag team wrestling in WWE for a long time and the bar possibly the most underrated tag team in WWE history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, t- it's kind of tough to, to get to that fourth spot. I, my first three again, were like dead set mania Two, two thousand 2000 and X seven. And then for me, you know, growing up a heart foundation fan, I kind of see that match as like the heart foundation, the last stand, you know, it's like, this it tra- was, it, yeah, it is, but it's that transition. And Brett goes single right after that. He'd already kind of dabbled in singles matches, but yeah, <sighs> It's not like a great, great match, but it's pretty good. And it's not just, bad. Yeah, it's like about a three and a half star match. And historically, it's very significant. So that's why I put it in there. But yeah. well, uh, yeah. while, it, it, while it led to Bret Hart's single career, uh, a young Justin Joint was broken hearted from yes. the outcome of that match. <laughs> so I just I can't put it on the Mount Rushmore. Um, it, it felt yeah. like the Nasty Boys only got the belts because of how they were signed because WCW was like really stupid and didn't have them under a long-term deal. And they had that great match with the Steiners and Vince swooped in and just took them. And I think in order to justify him swooping in and taking them, he put the tag titles on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I always liked power and glory during that era. I thought they got a raw deal. Yeah. Um, so I have two different matches by the way, that have not been brought up for, for tag title. Tag team, but- Okay. Yep. No. So I took the uh, kind of uh, theory to heart that Justin and I espoused with the TLC matches for not wanting to put them both on the Mount Rushmore. I stuck to it for the tag titles too. So I'm only going with the, the T- I'm only going with the WrestleMania 17 version, Bulldogs Dream Team. We talked about those here. My other two. Um, ironically, I'm going to put another ladder match on the list. Uh, I was at this one live. WrestleMania 33 kind of seems timely to bring this one up now because it's when the Hardys returned to the WWE. Mm-hmm. What a pop they had. People were ex- really wanting that. They got it. Uh, the Hardys win the belts in a ladder match against Gallows and Anderson, the bar, and Enzo and Cass. Okay. <laughs> I had uh, thought about that one, but I immediately knocked it off because of that. <laughs> okay. And then here's a match I'm interested to see. You guys may poo-poo this one, but I don't really give a damn. Uh, WrestleMania 14, New Age Outlaws against Cactus Jack and uh, Chainsaw Charlie in the dumpster match. 
say what you will about them in the ring. There are very few teams that ever were as over in WWE as the Dewey Jamas. And they weren't quite there yet at this point. But I, you know, I kind of struggled too with the tag title. Uh, one more so. And I don't know. I just felt like this needed just for a, a to have a wider representation of my Mount Rushmore. This one, I wanted to bring it in. No, I like that. I, I like that inclusion in there. I had, I, actually, um, I don't know how, but I completely missed that match. I completely forgot about it, but I think I'd include that in my top four. The, um, the tag titles were pretty high up the ladder on that card. Um, you know, they, they were pretty. That was a featured match, which you can't say often about the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Yeah, I considered it. And if I take out one of the two from 2000 and X7, maybe it makes it the list. But since I put both of them in, I didn't. I didn't really see that mm-hmm. making the top four. I just feel like, kind of like you said, they weren't there yet. Uh, obviously, Foley was a big star at that point, but uh, and Terry Funk being who he is. But it's just, it's kind of that one's kind of premature. Like if I compare that to Heart Foundation, Nasty Boys, I just I don't think it outranks that one for me. But I can definitely see the argument, and yeah, it, it may make my list if I took one of those 2000 or 2000, well, it'd be the 2000 uh, triangle ladder match I would take out. Then it would have a chance. I love the angle when the outlaws dump them off the uh, ramp mm-hmm. on Raw, and Jim Ross starts yelling, what the hell's so cool about that? <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, um, my four for the then non-title tag matches. We talked about three of them already. That was the Evolution Rock and Sock from Mania 20, Angle and Rousey against Triple H and Steph from 34, Mania One, Hogan, Mr. T, Piper and Orndorff, and then I had two I was considering for the fourth spot. I ended up going with the Rockers against the Heenan family, Barbarian and Haku from Mania Seven. I like that match. Yeah, it's a good match. It's not that long, but. Matches don't have to be long, as we often say on this program. So I considered that, and then I was also considering the six-man from uh, Mania 3 with Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation against the Bulldogs and Tito Santana, which it's also not a very long match, but it's cool to see the Hart Foundation and the Bulldogs in the ring together at such an iconic WrestleMania. But I do think the Rockers, Heenan family match is better, so I went with that one. It's funny. The, the WWE in the current John Cena fiend storyline is trying to do an interesting interesting bit of retconning where Wyatt blames all of his past failures on that Mania 30 match, which actually, if you wanted to investigate Bray Wyatt's run, it actually doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but because that feud continued um, and he actually beat him at the next one in an atrocious cage match that should never be talked about again by anybody. <laughs> but... Well, I bring that up because I think one of the best bit bits of retconning the WWE ever did was inserting Tito into that deal uh, as the third babyface for the six-man opposite Davis and the Hearts, noticing that Danny Davis, and he was not doing the heel ref gimmick at this point, was the referee when Randy Savage beat Tito Santana for the Intercontinental title, and he cheated to beat him. I thought that was a really sharp move yeah yeah for sure i think it's in contention for the for the non-title 
uh, tag matches. So, yeah. what were, did you did you make a non-title tag list then one through four, Kyle? Yeah, I, the only other one that has not been discussed. Um, so I would have on this list the WrestleMania one main event, Angle and Ronda, um, the Rock and Stock versus Evolution, and I would go. Uh, JYD and Tito Santana against the Funk Brothers. A fun brawl from WrestleMania 2. T- uh, Terry Funk just works his ass off in this match. This also may have been the last instance of JYD trying in the professional <laughs> wrestling. So that's also of historical significance. That's a really solid pick. Honestly, I haven't seen the match in such a long time. I need to rewatch it probably. It is right there for match of the night against Bulldog's Dream Team. Like, in terms of star ratings, you know, it, these are old ratings. I haven't watched that show in a while either. But I always gave Bulldog's Dream Team four stars, and then that one three and three quarters. Yeah. So, it's right there. Nice. Anything else to add, Mr. Joint? I would, uh, I'd say my top three are the same as your guys's. Um, <clears throat> my number four would probably be... Um, I think the shortest match we've talked about by far, and that'd be the Shield versus Kane in the New Age Outlaws, which at WrestleMania 30 was exactly what it needed to be. And uh, it was, um, you know, just a fun, quick match with uh, important players in the the wrestling game. Yeah, you know, it's another good Rockers match. You, you mentioned the uh, Paku Barbarian one, Ryan. Is the match with the Twin Towers at WrestleMania 5. That is a fun big team versus little team match. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of good selling from the Rockers. Shawn Michaels' that. first WrestleMania appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a question real quick. What is your guys' favorite WrestleMania tag team match that involved an engagement that didn't even last to the next WrestleMania? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, you know, you know, it's really funny. I loved that WrestleMania, uh, like right after it happened. I think I texted you, Ryan. I'm like, this was a really damn good WrestleMania. And for those not following along, this is WrestleMania 33, and Justin's joking about John Cena and uh, Nikki Bella. But man, when you look back at it, not a lot stuck. So, like, you had that engagement meaning nothing you had the undertaker faking a retirement and not doing it (laughs) um the hardys okay they returned but i don't know i mean that kind of seems like oh yeah when the hardys came back and then it's kind of like well what did they do after yeah you know they were kind of over but you, you don't really remember anything and yeah, not a lot sticks from that WrestleMania. You mean Brock defeating your boy Goldberg doesn't stick? That with was you? a good match. That's a good match. <laughs> you talk about good short matches. That may be the best sub five minute match in company history. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm looking at the card up and down here now, and uh, you can check out our archives when we talked about it at the time on this program. But yeah, a lot of it has uh, not had a long term impact. That's for sure. Uh, Justin, I think next week, because it's such a crazy time in the wrestling world, we're probably going to do another Mount Rushmore. Do you want to explain to the listeners what it's going to be so they can, uh, they can anticipate this for next Friday? Um, actually, you know what? 
I think this one is kind of Kyle's baby. Uh, so I think he should explain. <laughs> okay. No. Well, Justin, you know, Justin came up with the Mount Rushmore gimmick. And we've been going back and forth um, uh, about all this stuff. And I think I mentioned this last week on the show as an idea. And I started actually thinking about it after the show. And I kind of came up with my list. Uh, worst WrestleMania builds in history. Uh, obviously, this is kind of timely. We have not been too kind to the build for WrestleMania 36. So coming up with our four worst WrestleMania builds. And again, it's subjective. Just, you know, if you could justify it, chisel on up there. So you guys can shoot us your thoughts on that in advance. And when we're discussing it on the show, we can bring it into the conversation. So if you if you have a lot to say, email us, topropenation at gmail.com. You can tweet us. We're at topropenation. You can post on uh, Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page, Instagram Pretty much all the social media feeds, you'll find Top Rope Nation. So if you have a thought on the worst WrestleMania builds, let us know. We'll bring it into conversation next week on the show. And Kyle, with that said, you got four big matches picked out. Everyone's looking for entertainment right now. They want to use that WWE Network subscription. They want to use YouTube. So it is definitely time. (laughs) I was going to say, if you only have the WWE, you're going to have to look beyond the WWE Network for this (laughs) one because I don't think any of these matches are on it. As a matter of fact, we know two of them aren't. Yes. I'm positive all four of these are not on it. So it is time for the Kyle Ross I Love This Sport Deep Dive of the Week. Take it away. Well, you know, it's been a trying week for everyone. And by God, why would you not fill it up by watching lots of professional wrestling and you know, semi looking at your daughter and counting that as taking care of her. But enough about me. <laughs> let's let's talk pro wrestling. Uh, I've watched all of these matches this week, and I think you should watch them too. Uh, Tito Santana, Greg Valentine, June sixteenth, nineteen eighty four, from Madison Square Garden. This was on the undercard of the Sergeant Slaughter Iron Sheik boot camp match, which is probably one of the best WWF matches of the 80s. So if you haven't seen that, you should probably watch that one too. This was a molten crowd. I looked up to see how many people were there. I think this is one of the best drawing shows in the history of MSG as they did 26,000 plus in the building proper. Plus they sold out the felt forum next door. Hmm. That is a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, 1980, if you look at some of the numbers they were doing, 1984 into 1985 into that first WrestleMania, my God, do you know they ran WrestleMania? They ran the Garden two weeks before WrestleMania? That's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Both shows did like 20,000 people. Jeez. I mean, the World Wrestling Federation. Vince, what has happened? <laughs> you used to, Vince, what has happened? But anyway, so Tito and Greg Valentine, these guys worked a lot. Uh, in this era at MSG. They actually did not work at the first WrestleMania, um, probably because they worked so much and they wanted to keep the feud going. But that's something you should look at. Uh, You know, how about another Greg Valentine match? Ron Garvin, 9-30-89, also at the Garden. Uh, Ron Garvin was not a great babyface, quite frankly, uh, for the WWF, but this match was great. And these guys always delivered in the ring, even though I don't think the TV feud worked too well uh number three got a lot of good feedback a couple weeks ago when we talked about the greatest tag match ever we went into the realm of all japan people can look in the archives for that recommendation 
So I thought to myself, eh, you know, got some positive feedback on that. Why not recommend what I think is the best six-man tag in the history of pro wrestling? And it is also from All Japan, uh, April 20th, 1991, uh, 420. Why not get in the spirit when you throw this one on? It goes about 50 minutes, folks. Misawa, Kawada, and Kobashi against Jumbo Saruta, Tawe, and Fuchi. Oh, my God, is this just a delight. And then something that was recommended to me uh, just this morning, or I saw it wasn't recommended directly to me, but was recommended on Twitter, and I checked it out. Pac against Brody Lee, Dragon Gate USA, November 21st, 2011. Very nice. Gives me something to do in the next couple of days, that's for sure. A let, let's go a lot of variety. I mean, I guess we got two Greg Valentine matches in there. But if you, if you don't want to watch two Greg Valentine matches, watch the Slaughter Sheik match uh, that's on the same show as Tito and Valentine. Because it is... If if you think the words xenophobic and best can exist within the same sentence, then Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik is for you. Because it is the WWE at its xenophobic best of the 1980s. Just a, a, blo- a, a complete bloodbath where they totally ham up the US Iran bit. So yeah. it's very good. Yeah. Very nice. Always enjoy the recommendations. I know the listeners do as well. So yeah, watch these four. Let us know what you think. Same contact info I went through a little bit ago. The emails are best though, because we'd love to get your full length thoughts on this show. Top nation at gmail.com. So, guys, we actually we packed quite a bit into this show in a, a good amount of time. I thought I, w- I was kind of worried looking at our agenda. This might go like two plus hours, but I think we got in everything we wanted to. Any anything we didn't get to, you want to throw out there? Justice for Little Beaver at WrestleMania three. <laughs> Justin sent us a picture that he was watching that match. Yeah. Hashtag research before it we went live. Yes, <laughs> which reminded me of one of my favorite comments in WrestleMania history: Bob Uecker during that match saying, "There's a whole lot of beaver all over this place. That is incredible." <laughs> and Jesse Ventura trying to stop from laughing is absolutely worth a listen for you folks. <laughs> That's he kind of chuckles, and then you can tell he like takes it off mic because it, there's this awkward silence after he makes the joke, and you can kind of hear like this laughing, but not on the mic. <laughs> through the mic great line by bob uecker bob uecker such a mainstay on those early manias i thought his comedy bits at wrestlemania 4 were the highlight of that show yeah he was good he was really good in that role hi again everybody you know this this thing is really getting kind of serious now i haven't been able to locate vanna white and i i was supposed to uh, hi andre Go hey my good buddy vanna you get me you get the giant the only professional wrestler who's still undefeated. And Hulk Hogan, I'm proud to be it because now Ted DiBiase is on his way up. That's why he paid me for, to keep you out of the tournament, Hogan. And you are. And I know one thing, and that's why the people go to know too, and that's why they're going to remember, you are the ex-champion, Hogan. <laughs> well, there you there you have it. I still haven't found He is the ex-champion. Don't worry about Vanna White. Now, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Kaminga is over. <laughs> hey, hey, how about getting your how about getting your foot off my shoulder? Hey! 
I guess with that said, uh, if you're looking for more content from us, like I said, we're going to be putting out Top Rope Nation classics, looking at some classic Memphis wrestling at the urging of our patron, Derek Chappelle. That's coming in the next couple of days. Uh, Otherwise, we'll be back next Friday, as we always are, with a new episode. I do want to thank the patrons of the show for their support. These are the hardest of the hardcores in the Top Rope Nation. Thanks to Derek, Gabe, Jake, Kyle, Tim, Liam, Ryan, Sean, and Greg. Greatly appreciate your support. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the pre-show we put up for you this week uh, before we went live with episode 133. That's something that we will continue in the weeks ahead. And of course, those exclusive Top Rope Nation classics full-length episodes coming at you at least once a month. So with that said, I'm Ryan Droste. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle, you can find him at T-R-P Kyle. And uh, Justin at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T. And we will catch you guys next week. Enjoy those recommendations from Kyle. And use that WWE Network subscription. See you guys next time. Peace.